Welcome to Inside New Mexico with former Congressman Steve Pierce, now chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. How are you, Steve? Doing great. And uh, Derek, as you remember, Inside New Mexico talks about real issues, real people and real New Mexico. So it is uh, tremendous being here in New Mexico, being with you on these programs. A big shout out of thanks to the local radio stations. They air these free of charge. And uh, we're always excited to be able to make a contribution to local listening audiences. Everyone wants to know just a little bit more about what's really going on. That's what we're talking about. Today, we're going to talk a little bit bit more about the border. Got some big updates coming there. The Ninth Circuit has done its job again. One of the most left-leaning courts, again, supported Trump. We'll talk about that. Got a huge article came out of Washington, D.C. and the Washington Post, actually, which is a pretty left-leaning paper, talking about the effect of illegal immigration on jobs of the lower levels of, of income in this nation. We're going to uh, visit about the bias that we continue to see in the press against Trump. And uh, it's just a show that is packed full. At the end of the the program, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Vice President Pence coming into Artesia. Actually, by the time people listen to this program, he will have visited. And uh, of course, we are the first ones to know about it here in the state. But we'll update everyone on that. But before we start, Derek... I'll just tell you that I'm feeling compelled more and more that we should reacquaint our people with the spiritual aspects that this nation was founded on. And so from time to time, we're going to throw in pieces that really reflect that. This weekend, I came across just 15 really stellar quotes from Mother Teresa. And so I'm just going to play those clips here to start with, let people kind of ponder them. But listen as we get some of the wisdom from Mother Teresa as it relates to our spiritual side. Peace begins with a smile. Be faithful in small things, because it is in them that your strength lies. Intense love does not measure. It just gives. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. If you can't feed a hundred people, then just feed one. I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. What can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. God doesn't require us to succeed. He only requires that you try. It's not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving. Joy is a net of love in which you can catch souls. Let us always meet each other with a smile, for the smile is the beginning of love. We do not need guns and bombs to bring peace. We need love and compassion. Beautiful thoughts, and thanks to Deborah West for her reading of Mother Teresa's quotes. Tell us now, as we switch gears a little bit to our border update, how are things looking on our border? Well, like I said in our opening, the Washington Post actually had a very interesting article. There's always this continuing debate of whether or not undocumented immigrants actually take jobs from Americans. And so the Washington Post says yes. And this discussion usually centers around the people who support high levels of low-skilled immigrants coming into the country. 
and they claim that they do work that native-born residents won't. The facts surrounding the Immigration and Customs Enforcement raids on seven Mississippi chicken processing plants show that claim to be basically untrue. So documents released last week suggest that the operators of those plants for decades had been hiring people in violation of federal law. Many of the workers wore ankle bracelets provided by eyes to monitor their locations. Others were using multiple names, providing different social security numbers when they would apply for work at this plant or maybe even use different numbers applying for work at the same plant. That's a problem that we ran across a lot in our service in Congress, always trying to work with employers to see that they were following the law, that local people had the first right of refusal on jobs. This flouting of the law is not victimless. In fact, the people who are hurt most are the people at the bottom of the income spectrum. So these cities or counties all have high levels of poverty and extreme low incomes. The Pew Research Center estimates that more than 7.5 million undocumented immigrants are in the U.S. labor force. And then just applying standard unemployment rates, you can guess that about 7 million of those actually have jobs, and that can't help but do anything but depress wages and opportunities for native-born Americans. So as the Mississippi figures show, these victims of illegal immigration are often exactly the people of color whose continued poverty is just one of the national tragedies that we face. So let's all own up to the problems that are coming. Let's see that people who are born in this country get the first shot at jobs. If we need to augment the labor force after we have filled it with Americans, then everyone favors legal immigration Frankly, though, until it becomes a national priority and the Trump administration is making it a national priority, but many of the states are denying the help that ICE is requesting. So we're really stuck in this problem right now. One of the suggestions that came from a friend of mine in Congress actually introduced a bill saying that if businesses have people who don't have valid social security numbers, then the IRS simply will not allow them to write off the labor. The IRS wouldn't themselves come in and target the hiring of illegal aliens. It would just take their tax benefit status away from the companies. So companies would pay higher taxes if they were using employees that were not documented. But I think looking at New Mexico's circumstance, ICE has requested repeatedly that New Mexico help them to find people who are here driving down the pay of workers kind of on the bottom end of the spectrum. But the answer by our state workforce solutions department secretary, and by the way, progressive Democrat, Bill McCamley, said that he has twice notified officials at ICE that the state is not going to provide direct access to unemployment database, which has extensive records about employees and employers throughout the state. McCamley also expressed broader misgivings about ICE workplace enforcement tactics. We all know why ICE wants this data, he said. You saw it in yesterday in Mississippi when ICE ripped a bunch of people away from their children on the first day of school. Now, that's one way to look at it, but the other way is we're trying to support American workers first. Now, uh, just as we close out this segment, Border Patrol has finally been able to open up those checkpoints that they closed. We talked about those on an earlier program. 
and they're opening those up in the El Paso sector. Of course, five of the six El Paso sectors checkpoints are in New Mexico. And if you recall, we talked several weeks ago about the increased appropriation that the Senate Republicans drove and the House Democrats had no choice except to sign on to it. And so that's allowed a lot more resources to come into New Mexico and Texas. Therefore, the checkpoints are back open. So lots to talk about on today's program, but an exciting first section here, Derek. One of the things I think that uh, our friends on the left forget is that there are people who come here legally and follow our laws and are getting the shaft because we're not protecting them for doing the right thing. And we're letting people who don't follow the rules take jobs away from them. I hope we can change that. Absolutely. We'll be back with more Inside New Mexico with Chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce, in just a moment. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. We are back on Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. I'm Derek Underhill. Our next topic is the unrelenting attacks on President Trump by the media. What is the purpose of this? Well, it's not only the purpose. Uh, The purpose is to defeat Trump. And the media is becoming more and more obvious in that. But kind of an unsettling thing came out from the New York Times. One of their chief, the executive editor, Dean Baquette, uh, this last week was was caught on a recording that was leaked uh, subsequent to the to the meeting. Uh, he had an employee town hall, and that was after the Mueller report. And so he says, "Well, we built our newsroom to cover one story, meaning the the Mueller report, and we did it truly well." Backett said, "Now we have to regroup and shift resources and emphasis." to take on a different story. So that different story that they are taking on is uh, is the idea that the economy is bad. So they realize that, that they've made fools of themselves, that Mueller actually didn't do anything that was going to implicate Trump, but now then they're going to come out and attack Trump on the economy. And it's a program thing. It is not that they're seeing anything. It is just the way they're going to do business. And so the Mueller report, of course, when it came out and just all chance of getting some national belief on conspiracy or coordination with the Russians was actually disproved. And and so the one quote by Baquette said, the day Bob Mueller walked off that witness stand, two things happened. Our readers who want Donald Trump to go away suddenly thought, holy sh, Bob Mueller is not going to do it. And uh, Baquette used the gentlest terms possible. The story changed, he says. Uh, but the fact is, the conspiracy coordination allegation of the Times had devoted itself to was just completely false. So when he says the story changed, it was actually that they were trying to to sell a falsehood. And so Democrats on Capitol Hill just struggled to press ahead on the whole obstruction case against the president. But that came up dry. And so now Baquette says, well, the, the Trump-Russia hole came up dry 
Now I think we've got to, to change. The Times must write more deeply about the country, race, and other divisions. And he continues, I mean, the vision for the coverage for the next two years is what I talked about earlier. How do we cover a guy who makes these kinds of remarks? How do we cover the world reaction to him? How do we do that while continuing to cover his policies? How do we cover America that's become so divided by Donald Trump? And the employee town hall was not designed to be, and it was not intended to be public, but when a major news organization like the New York Times is so obvious and blatant in its intended attacks on the president, you have to understand that uh, that the president is never going to get a fair shake. And so that's what's happening right now, Derek. We had a couple of United States representatives that were denied access to Israel Kind of an interesting story there. Tell us about it. Well, Derek, what is going on is that you have representatives Omar and Tlaib that are both pretty far out uh, Muslims. Uh, They have joined and and been supportive of the BDS movement. Of course, boycott, divestiture, and and sanctions. Uh, That means that, that people are trying to economically cripple Israel because they want a Palestinian government, they do not want the Israeli government. Now, that plays out for the U.S. that I have always believed that Israel is the U.S.'s first line of defense in that very unstable Middle East region, that if you look at many of the neighbors, they export terrorism, while Israel is our friend, and they are a democracy, and so the only democracy in that area. So when these two U.S. Congresswomen uh, have been trying to do things that will completely undermine the government of Israel, undermine the economy of Israel. Uh, they had a vote in Israel last week, said uh, anybody that's in those uh, groups, we're just uh, gonna, going to refuse them entry into the country. Now, the left, the Democrats, began to scream and horror uh, against Netanyahu and lumping him and Trump together. Uh, Netanyahu is his own man. I've met him. I've been in meetings with him. Boy, what an intense guy. And and you need to be intense if you're going to govern Israel. It's basically surrounded by unfriendly nations who would like to see them dead. And you can fly a jet over all of Israel in seven minutes from north to south. It's wow. It's a very kind of long, narrow, triangular country. And so these, these uh, rockets and the different forms of attacks that are levied against the, the Israelis, the responses have to be immediate because, like I said, seven minutes for a jet, it's shorter for many of these missiles. They're supersonic and faster than the speed of sound. And so this whole idea that people who are unfriendly to them are going to be allowed in is one that uh, I believe they have the right to take that position. We limit the number of people who come here that want to do us harm. We limit them all the time. Criminal gangs, we try to limit them. And so the response of the Israelis is one that I think is is just justified. But actually, Omar and Tlaib were not going just as a part of congressional delegation. They were going to go and they were going to stir up trouble while they were there meeting with different Palestinian terrorist groups. One or the other of both of these uh, young ladies have been uh, seen in pictures with 
people who support terrorism, uh, both financially and in other ways. Their Facebook's short very well. And so that's what's playing out in this whole discussion on two U.S. Congresswomen being banned from Israel. I wonder how many of their constituents agree with uh, what they're doing. Well, I doubt that many do because most Americans support Israel. That's my and point. And they yeah. are against terrorism. Of course. Uh, so I would suggest that, uh, that they are way out of touch with their constituents. Well, that's why we have elections, right? Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, we'll tell you that some of the people on the far left are looking like even in Democratic primaries they're going to be in trouble. Well, if they're that far out of touch with their constituents, they probably should be. You are listening to Inside New Mexico with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. If we have piqued your interest in our conversation today, you can find out more by getting in touch with the Republican Party of New Mexico. We will tell you how to do that at the end of the program. I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Inside New Mexico. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. And uh, by the time people hear us on this program, Vice President Pence will have visited Artesia. Tell us about it. Well, Mike Pence, of course, vice president, and I know him from congressional days from Indiana, was governor there. He is scheduled to come in and discuss the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA agreement. Of course, that is the big agreement that is taking the place of NAFTA. Now, when I visited Mexico, almost to a person in the Mexican Congress, they hated Trump's idea that he was going to take NAFTA off the table, that he was going to replace it with something better. They wanted NAFTA to continue quietly. They admitted it needed updating, but they didn't want Trump to touch it. That's what was occurring before the discussions took place. President Trump kept saying, look, you're going to be pleased with it. Just try it out. Let's see how the negotiations go. Going to be better for the U.S., going to be better for you all. And I know very well Wilbur Ross. uh, He's Secretary of, of Commerce, but also know Secretary Mnuchin over the Treasury. And they're the two lead officials in this USMCA agreement to replace NAFTA. And sure enough, the agreement passed overwhelmingly in the Mexican Congress. Canada has signed it, and both Canada and Mexico are now in lobbying Nancy Pelosi to get her to pass this. They know the U.S. Senate can pass it, but the House has to pass it as well. And so it's amazing that we've come from a point where no one in these other countries wanted the agreement. President Trump was saying, just listen to what we're saying, let us negotiate it, and then take a position. And both countries strongly supportive. You know, when you get a win-win-win situation, all countries can be supportive. NAFTA was much to our disadvantage. It had not been updated for 20 or 30 years. It definitely needed the update. But now then that it's looking like that all three countries will prosper even more. Our economy will get even stronger, more jobs, the same with the other countries. So that's the visit that Mike Pence 
is making into Artesia and has made by the time you listen to this. But he is also being accompanied by the Interior Secretary, who is doing his own look at the New Mexico oil fields. The Interior Department has the BLM in it, and they do most of the regulations for the oil and gas community in New Mexico. So the Secretary Barnhart is wanting to take a look at that. And then Secretary Wilbur Ross is in, again, the lead negotiator on the USMCA agreement. So the Trump administration is pouring the resources into New Mexico. I believe that he now understands our importance to the nation, both in our oil and gas, but our proximity to the border. And then the national labs, we're host of those. We have the WIP site here, the only active site in the world that is taking the radioactive waste. It's been working very well. Had that release a couple of years ago. A lot of that equipment has been replaced in the last two or three years. Much safer place, operating much cleaner and better. So just all in all, New Mexico is important to the nation. But the federal government, knowing that we're here, is equally important to us because the U.S. government spends a lot of money in New Mexico. And so that investment should be looked at. And the Trump administration is doing just that this week. A Democratic activist is saying the DCCC is out of step with democratic values. Who was that and what did he say? Well, Richard Rodriguez, he's an Illinois-based activist and community leader, a former labor organizer, and he's addressing how the DCCC, that's the Democrat Congressional Committee, they're the Democrat congressmen and congresswomen who raise money to support candidates across the country on the Democratic Party to be elected into the House of Representatives. The Republicans have the RNCC, which is the same, but the People across the nation now, Democrats, and not just conservative Democrats, but uh, Democrats of all stripes are now being quoted as saying that the DCCC is way out of touch with the Democratic Party and that they're even, the DCCC is even putting their thumb on the scales and pushing progressives over traditional Democrats. And so this idea, people may not want to be known as conservative Democrats, so they're identifying themselves as traditional Democrats. And so this blacklist policy that was announced by the DCCC chair, Sherry Bustos, which is trying to stifle the people-powered democratic process by requiring political consultants to sign a loyalty pledge to incumbent Democrats, that is, the progressives. So all in all, we're seeing more and more effort on the part of the Democratic Party to limit the free speech of members of their party. They've been doing it for years. If you're a pro-life Democrat, they'd get you out of office. They'd get you out of the party if they could. If you were a non-union Democrat, they didn't want you. If you happened to believe that uh, oil and gas drilling was good or coal mining was good, they'd get rid of you. So the blue dogs have been replaced by others. I know Daniel Lipinski, he's in Illinois. I knew his father. I served with his father, then served with Dan. And he's one of the more conservative members. He voted against the Affordable Care Act in 2010. He's also anti-abortion. And 2018, he barely survived a close primary against a a small businesswoman there in Chicago. On April 16th, Newman officially announced that she's again going to challenge Lipinski in a rematch for this 2020 Democratic primary. And so they know they're going to keep the seat. What they're trying to do is make it more progressive and less conservative. So conservative Democrats, traditional Democrats have even less voice as the DCCC moves forward, trying to excise all the people who don't speak right on the party line. The Ninth Circuit Court in San Francisco 
gave President Trump another surprise victory. Tell us about that. Well, again, the Ninth Circuit is one of the most liberal of all the courts of appeals across the nation. And uh, basically, they ruled that an earlier injunction on the Trump administration's third country asylum rule, that's going to affect Texas and New Mexico in great ways. But they ruled that that injunction was incorrect. So this, again, is another decision by this court, by the Ninth Circuit, which almost never sides with the Republicans. So they're siding with President Trump once more in his implementation of policies that he wants to put into place. This says that his team is very careful of the law. They're very careful of the Constitution. And the courts are finding that when they do something, that generally they have to support them because they've done it properly. The press has bounded about a lot about uh, a coming recession. The president made an announcement early this week that he sees no sign of that. But if there is one, he'll deal with it. Are you seeing any sign of recession? No, Derek, and I will tell you that it's more of the fake news that's coming out. The left knows that they cannot beat Trump because his economic policies are increasing pay for your average American. Of course, the taxes went down for your average American, and the jobs are plentiful and good. And so they know that if this is a situation, Trump will win overwhelmingly in 2020. So they're trying to spread the narrative that the economy may be good right now, but it's just on the cusp of going bad. The Trump team is just saying, no, that's not correct. But we'll watch again this fake news narrative. You remember the discussion earlier in the program about the New York Times. They will be one of the main ones weighing in on this and trying to do everything they can to stop President Trump from being reelected, even to the point of telling lies about the economy, whatever that they want to. So you had it from the horse's mouth, from the executive editor, from the New York Times. A great program today, Derek. Just uh, let me wrap up very quickly. If you want to follow us, NewMexico.gop will get you to our webpage on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NewMexicoGOP. We've got many different podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Just get one of the apps. You can listen. Just search for Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. Subscribe, and you'll be notified when a new episode is available, or you can just call in 505 298 3662. Derek, great program. Appreciate all the work you do putting these together. Thank you, Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill. We look forward to seeing you and our listeners next week on Inside New Mexico.